Before 2012, if you had asked me if I would ever do a 5K or any type of race, I would have been like, no, you are completely on drugs. That is not my thing. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews real people about their fitness journeys. That was Julie Y. coming to us from Mesa, Arizona. And this is your host, Bree Outside, also recording from Mesa, Arizona. Even though we're in the same city, this interview is still recorded remotely because of the current COVID-19 pandemic. In today's episode of Part-Time Athletes, we're talking to Julie about her walking journey. She has walked a 5K up to half marathon. Out of all of the sports that you could be playing or activities you could be doing, I'm just wondering why you picked walking. Walking was one of those things that I didn't necessarily need somebody else to do with me. It allows me to kind of just reflect without having to necessarily have a conversation with somebody. In a race situation, I'm a lot more social, so I will have more conversations with people then. um, But my daily and weekly walkings, it's just an opportunity for me to clear my mind. And it's kind of meditative at that point. So lots of people, they walk during their lunch breaks or maybe on their work breaks, um, or they'll take a walk around the block in the morning. But what made you or who gave you the idea to sign up for your first race? It was actually the hot chocolate race. um, And I just saw a flyer for it somewhere. And it was like coming to Phoenix hot chocolate 5k. And I decided to try it out. Um, It didn't look like it was very rushed in terms of time. So, and again, I was like, yeah, chocolate, why not? So you went from a 5K up to a half marathon. I mean, a lot of people think a half marathon is a crazy distance. It's 13.1 miles for those of you who are not in the walking or the running um, hobby. So how did you, did you ever think that you would be doing that distance? Before 2012, if you had asked me if I would ever do a 5K or any type of race, I would have been like, no, you are completely on drugs. That is not my thing. And then the hot chocolate pulled me in and I did that for a few years, but I didn't do much more than those 5Ks for that few years. Uh, When I decided to do a half marathon, um, I was just thinking it was a bucket list thing, one and done. I'm not going to do anything more after that. Uh, and what drew me into doing a half marathon was because some friends and I went to Disneyland in 2013, and it happened to be during one of their Disney half marathon race weekends. And I saw all these people walking around with their medals, and they looked totally tired, but excited and fun. And I will admit, I saw those medals and I was like, I kind of want one of my own. So that's why I was like, I'm going to do this next year. I figured I could prepare for doing a half marathon in a year um, to go from five miles to 13.1 miles, uh, excuse me, to go from 3.1 miles to 13.1 miles is a lot. But with a year preparation, it's totally a doable time frame. Uh, so I started in 2014 um, trying to get ready for the Disneyland Half Marathon that was over Labor Day weekend. And uh, it was a tough, 
it was a tough moment. I had some really hard times along that first half marathon race. Uh, but I finished and I was super tired afterwards, but I was really excited that I, I had finished. And I was like, like, hey, good. I have one half marathon under my belt. I'm good. I don't need to do any more. Do you ever feel, because a lot of these races, it's mostly people running. Um, do you ever feel, you know, out of place as a walker in one of these races? Initially, I did. Um, again, when I saw that first ad for the hot chocolate 5k, I did look at it to see whether or not it was something I could do. Um, and then when I read the race rules, it said basically you had to be able to finish a mile, um, within 16 minutes, um, on average. And I thought, well, that seems reasonable. Um, it didn't seem like a too fast of a pace. Um, and I did that for a few years. Uh, but when I did my first half marathon, I was really careful to make sure I picked a half marathon that had a longer distance because although 16 minutes a mile, if you're only doing one mile, that's very easy to maintain. But when you're doing a half marathon of 13.1 miles, that can get a little bit tiring. Um, so I wanted to pick a half marathon race that had a time limit that I felt I could accomplish a half marathon in. And so I didn't do that until 2014 was my first half marathon. And that was a Disney half marathon. And Disney is known for having longer times. Uh, so that way people can finish because they really want to encourage a lot of people to sign up and actually complete the race. And what keeps you motivated? Because I feel like there's two factors there. There's one the actually getting up and doing all of that walking because you can't just whether it's a 5k or a half marathon you have to work up to those distances and then also entering races it's financially it gets kind of expensive (laughs) yes that was something i didn't realize was going to be consuming a lot of my finances um, after i did my first half marathon i think had i stayed with my oh once a year i'll do the hot chocolate 5k um, I probably wouldn't not have spent as much money on races since then. Um, but the Disney half marathon that I did in 2014, even though in my head I was thinking, Oh, it's a one and done. I'm not going to do any more after this. It's off my bucket list. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I kept going and for a few years I was doing three on average half marathons a year, uh, especially with the Disney ones. Those are truthfully quite expensive. They're not the most uh, financially efficient races to do, but they are fun and they are different types of memories. Um, so now I haven't done as many half marathons for these last couple of years, but I am a little bit more strategic now about my 5Ks and 10Ks. Uh, quite a few of the races that I do have started offering a no shirt option. Um, so unless you really like the design of the shirt, which I often think the designs are fun, but I'm also like, how many t- t-shirts do I need? I will usually opt for the no shirt. Um, and that usually offers a five or six dollar discount on the race. So I only get the t-shirts for the races that I really want to have a memento of. Um, a lot of the races, of course, will have the bibs as well as the medals. So those serve as mementos. 
Um, but the t-shirt's one that you can wear more often and kind of people can read and say, oh, I've been thinking about doing that race. Uh, you know, tell me about it. Or, oh, I did that too. What'd you think? Uh, so those t-shirts or those tank tops are definitely conversation starters. And I've had a lot of good conversations with people who have seen something I've worn. And so that's kind of fun to meet people that way. Because really, you only wear your medal probably for the day that you get it of the race. And then after that, you'll put it away in a box um, or maybe give it away. Uh, some I know some of the runners that I've read about um, in some of my running groups, um, they end up giving their medals away, but they'll keep their shirts. It's true what you said about the t-shirts. I think uh, I was wearing my patch run t-shirt and somebody was dropping off one of my farm or CSA boxes and they were like, I did that run. Did you do it this year? And we had like a whole conversation about it. Oh, and fun idea for race medals. I use mine as Christmas tree ornaments because I have so many of them and they all look really cute together. Oh, that is a good idea to repurpose the medals like that. All of mine are currently in boxes um, wrapped in tissue paper because I'm not sure what to do with my medals yet. I don't want to get rid of them but I'm also not sure how to display them because I don't have a rack or a case or anything to hang my medals on at the moment. So what advice do you have for people looking to get into walking to take the leap? I would say one of the first things is really prepare for it. You know, it's as with many things, you, it's something you just have to be in the mindset for. Um, to be successful at, you have to want to do it and self-motivate yourself. However, you also have to give yourself an allowance to taking rest breaks here and there. Um, cause that's one of the things I know a lot of people struggle with is like, I've got to be able to, you know, increase my distance so that way I can reach this goal at, on race day. Um, and you do have to do that too, but all of us are very busy. Uh, we have different things going on in our lives. So it is okay to take a day um, that's a mental health day, even for walking. Um, those days, I kind of scale back. Um, like, for example, this morning, I was originally going to do a 10K this morning, but I overslept. And as I was going around the first lap of my um, 10K this morning, um, because my 10K route is actually two loops of a 5K route, as I was approaching the end of my first 5K, um, I was starting to have stomach issues and I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish a second loop of my and hit the 10K. So I just had to allow myself to be able to address whatever needs I had at, the minute, at that moment. And then increasing to longer distances, it does require, again, some planning. And then also food and nutrition um, leading up to it. It's one of those things I found because I do 5Ks a little bit more regularly now um, than when, more than so than when I first started. I don't need as much nutrition for a 5K as I do hydration, especially now during the summer. But the longer distances, I certainly try and make sure that I um, eat something that will nourish me and get keep me going um, for those distances, um, especially for the half marathons. Those are the ones where I look at preparing my nutrition and my hydration a lot more. The other piece of advice that I would give as you're starting is knowing your route, because I think that helps your motivation when you know where you're going. 
and what to expect. Um, that's not always going to be true at, on an actual race day, especially if you end up traveling someplace for a race um, just to try it. You're not necessarily going to know what the route is like, but at least while you're training um, and preparing and getting into the routine of those distances, it's really nice to know where you're going and at what point your mental um, triggers are. So that way you're going to be like, okay, this is the last 5K of the half marathon. I can do this. Um, so just being able to chunk it out and make your make the time go well for you mentally as well as physically. So I'm a runner, but I primarily run alone because most of the running groups in my community, they're farther than five miles or they just don't meet at a time that fits into my schedule. But what about you? Do you mostly do a lot of your walking alone? Is that the same for races or do you get friends to come with you? On my regular uh, daily or weekly walking, it's just me. I have a route. I know what time I'm going. Um, because I usually go at like four in the morning. Um, most of my friends are not awake at that time and would probably say no to me if I said, hey, let's go for a walk at 4 a.m. What time do you have to get up to start walking at 4 a.m.? So usually I get up probably right around 4, so I'm out the door about 4.15. It's, uh, I try, especially right now because it's the summertime and I'm trying to beat the heat. Because once the sun clears the horizon, it is just really hot. And even though I put sunscreen on, I don't want to have to stop, especially if I'm doing a longer distance. I don't want to have to stop and reapply. For me, I just, my mental, my mental state is once I start my distance, I want to finish without interruption. Um, so that includes like not having to go to the bathroom if I can help it. Uh, again, it depends on the distance. Um, I carry my water with me, and then so I have that, so I don't have to replenish necessarily along the way. Those are two big factors in what you mentioned before about knowing your route, because I know the route I used to take um, last summer when I was in my townhouse, there were no bathrooms along the way, and there was only maybe one water fountain that, that was reliable for me to refill at, so definitely no where you're going and if there's stores around, if you need to go to the bathroom and if they're open, because like you said, at four in the morning, there's not a lot of stores open. Now, even the McDonald's is not very open. Um, the drive throughs open, but they're not letting people into the uh, lobby area of the McDonald's at four in the morning. It is, so that, that is one reason I um, always focus on what's my route going to be when I go for my walk. So, sorry, I forgot what the question was. Um, oh, I was asking you about um, if you do it alone or with friends, and so you were talking about um, your normal walks, you do it by yourself, or what about races? Oh, so, races is definitely very social. Um, most often, my friends will join me. When I did the first hot chocolate in 2012, I was the one that brought a bunch of people to it because I saw it and then I was like, hey, uh, do you want to do this with me? And they're like, 5K, are you kidding? And I'm like, you can walk it. Um, that first 5K, that first hot chocolate 5K that we did in 2012, I had eight friends who joined me on that one. Um, not all of them are still doing it anymore, 
for that first year, we had a picture of the nine of us at the end, before and after. We did a before and after picture. Um, we didn't get a medal for that one, but everybody was like, oh, we did a 5K, and we got chocolate for it. So we had a lot of fun. And uh, it actually started a tradition with some of those friends. We still do the hot chocolate 5K or the 15K. Some of them do the 15K now, and then we go to breakfast afterwards. Um, but most of my races, I am definitely with friends, especially for the shorter distances, like the 5Ks or the 10Ks. Um, the longer distances, like the 15Ks and the half marathons, I have a couple of friends who can join me on that, not as many as with the 5Ks. And then there have been a few of those half marathons that I've done them alone uh, because nobody else um, wanted to join me on those. My first Disneyland half marathon in 2014, uh, one of my friends said she would sign up with me, but she didn't actually sign up when she was supposed to, so the Disneyland half marathon sold out. She still came with me to Disney, she just didn't do the race with me. So she was there for the before and after uh, the race, so, which is nice to have. It's still always fun to have somebody being at the finish line. All right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I want to say thanks again to Julie for agreeing to be on Part-Time Athletes, and I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode. If you'd like to connect, I encourage you to visit the website and blog, breeoutside.com. There you can find a link to my Instagram, and there's also a comment form, and I'd love to hear how you're staying fit and what your fitness journey is looking like, so definitely reach out to me. And stay tuned for next week's episode of Part-Time Athletes.